Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and my friend, I've been sitting in this chair waiting for you and I'm so excited about what we're going to see today in my brand new series called Partnering with Jesus and Working with God. Have you been enjoying this series? It's fed me. I pray that it's feeding you. It is amazing what happens when we partner with Jesus and work with God. And that's why the subtitle says, How to Work with Jesus to Get Results in Your Life. When you give what you have to Jesus and allow Him to have it or to use it, it opens the windows of heaven for blessings, supernatural blessings, to flow back into your life. So we need to partner with Jesus and work with God. But you can order this series by going online or by giving us a call right now. And please do that. And remember that it comes with a study guide so that you can read it while you see it and while you hear it. And right now we're also offering you my two daily devotionals. One is called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 1. Look at the size of that. Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Number 2. It's also quite substantial, but don't let it scare you because they're daily devotionals. You just read a little bit every day. And by the time you're finished going through these books, you're going to understand the New Testament like you've never understood it before because together we're going to mine and unearth sparkling gems from the Greek. More than a thousand, thousand Greek word studies in volume one and another thousand in volume two. And day by day, you and me together, we'll walk through the New Testament and the Bible will become more meaningful to us. It's going to answer so many of your questions. And if you don't already have sparkling gems from the Greek, number one or number two, please order whichever one you want today. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, by the way, when you do, you begin to partner with Jesus and work with God because this is the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said, go into all the world and teach all nations. That's what we're doing. And when you become a partner with ministry, you're partnering with Jesus and working with God. And it opens the door for the blessings of God to flow back into your life. And the moment you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying, welcome to our big partner family, my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And if you have a special prayer request that's on your heart right now, call us. We're waiting for your call this very moment. Just let the phone ring. We'll answer it. We're going to begin to pray for you, or you can send us an email. And if you send us your email, the moment it shows up in our inbox and we know how to pray, we're going to begin to intelligently pray and release our faith for God to move in your life and in your situation, and He will. But I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My friend, I want you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 8 today. We're continuing to look at how we can partner with Jesus and work with God. And on Monday, we saw how the Magi partnered with Jesus in the beginning of his life on earth and how that partnering with Jesus and working with God came back into their lives as a blessing much later. Then we saw on Tuesday the example of the little boy with the five barley crackers and the two little minnows, and they seemed like so little compared to the need, 
But when it left the hands of that little boy and entered into the hands of Jesus, the Bible says Jesus took them. And we saw that Jesus will take whatever we give to him, but we have to give it. He's not just going to take it. You have to surrender it. And the moment you surrender it, he lays his hands on it. He takes it. He blesses it and does with it unbelievable, unthinkable things far beyond what you could have ever done with it. And then we saw yesterday what happened when Jesus stepped into Simon Peter's boat in Mark chapter 5. He saw the boat sitting there by the side of the lake empty, and the Bible says Jesus took it. Jesus is looking for any instrument or any vessel that is available and is empty that he can fill with his presence and he can use to reach people. And in that particular case, it was Simon Peter's boat. And Simon Peter didn't argue. He partnered with Jesus. He worked with God. And at the end, he had a miraculous catch of fish, probably about 10 tons of fish. And it launched Simon Peter into the ministry. It's amazing what happens when you partner with Jesus and work with God. And today we're going to go to Luke chapter 8 to see the next example. So reach for your Bible. But I want to begin with our anchor verse, which is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says we are co-workers with God. And we've seen that that word co in Greek is the word soon. It's a preposition that connects you to somebody else. It's what you're doing in partnership with someone else. It's not what you're doing by yourself or what they're doing by themselves for you. It's what the two of you are doing jointly. The second part of the word is the Greek word ergon, the Greek word for a task, for work, for an assignment. When you compound the two words together, it's where you get the word sunergos, translated co-workers in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. And Paul uses that word, soon ergos, to tell you and me that we jointly can work with God and God can work with us on any assignment, on any task. God wants to be working with us and we can be working with God and together supernatural things take place. And today we're going to see an example in Luke chapter 8. So turn there and I want to read Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Now he names them. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered to, unto the, him of their substance. But notice in verse 3, it says, they ministered unto him of their substance. And the word ministered is very, very important because it tells us the attitude of these women. In Greek, it is the word diakonio, but it's from the Greek word diakonos. And the word diakonos is the Greek word, listen, for a servant whose primary responsibility was to serve food and to wait on tables, a waiter or waitress who painstakingly attends to the needs, the wishes, and the desires of his or her client. These servants' supreme task was to professionally please their clients. They served honorably, pleasurably, and in a fashion that made the people they waited on feel as if they were nobility. And that's the word that is used here, which means these women were not sloppy in the way that they served Jesus. This word lets us know that these women served Jesus financially 
by giving into his ministry, and they viewed it as their God-given assignment to painstakingly attend to the needs, the wishes, and the desires of Jesus, and their supreme task was to provide whatever he needed for his ministry to advance. That was their job, and that's why this word ministered is used here. They were faithful partners on whom Jesus could rely. And the verse goes on to say, they ministered unto him of their substance. The word substance, the Greek word uparko, describes their goods, their possessions, their property. It would only be used to describe individuals of great wealth who possess large fortunes or enormous assets. And it lets us know these were a group of wealthy women. And it implies that perhaps they had property. And from the income that they earned on their assets and their investments, they begin to generously give into the ministry of Jesus. And they saw it as their supreme responsibility in life. They were real ministry partners. They were really partnering with Jesus and working with God. And when you go to Luke chapter 8, verse 2, it says certain women, which means many of these women are not even named. But notice what the Bible tells us about these women. Certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. The word healed is the Greek word therapeo, and this is so profoundly important. It is the primary word used in the Gospels to describe the healing ministry of Jesus. The Greek word therapeo, Maybe you can hear another word. It's where we get the word therapy. Well, what happens when you go to a therapist? Does the therapist do everything for you or do you have to cooperate with a therapist? I remember many years ago when I broke my hand and I had to go to a therapist. That therapist told me what to do, but you know that therapist never did a single thing. I had to do everything. It was my job to obey the therapist and to cooperate. Well, faith without works is dead. And here we find that in much of Jesus' ministry, he didn't do all the work by himself. He would tell people to cooperate. For example, if a man had a withered hand, what did Jesus say to that person? Stretch forth your hand. They had to do something. They had to exercise faith. If a man was laying on a mat, he would say, get up, pick up the mat. Jesus required some kind of corresponding actions, but there's something else. The fact that this is the word therapeo indicates the idea of repeated actions like a patient who visits a physician over and over and over until the desired cure is finally obtained. And it seems to suggest that these particular women had been so severely demonized that although they were helped when they first came to Jesus, one touch was not enough. So like a therapist, they kept coming back for another touch and another touch and another touch and another touch until finally they were completely freed. And you have to understand that sometimes freedom comes to us in measure, in levels, in degrees. Let me use the example of an onion. An onion has many different layers. You can peel back one layer, then you can dig in and peel back another layer, and layer by layer, you begin to peel the different layers off of an onion. And sometimes, when people are severely demonized, these levels of demonization are peeled off one layer at a time.
And the fact that this word therapeia is used in this verse means Jesus kept touching them again and again and again and again until finally every demonic layer had been peeled off of their life and finally they were freed and they had such grateful hearts that they said, hey, if Jesus has done that for us, what can he do for others? And these women use their goods, their resources to support the ministry of Jesus. So that ministry would go to somebody else. They partnered with Jesus and they worked with God. But the verse also says they were healed of their infirmities. And the Greek word for infirmities describes their physical ailments, their weaknesses, their sicknesses, or a state of ill health. And the word therapeia, the word healed, is also used in regard to this, which means these women were set free step by step, step by step. And my friend, I want you to take this as an encouragement. If you came to Jesus for help and you received help, but you're not yet totally free or totally healed, keep coming back again and again and again and again. Remember the time that Jesus healed the blind man. And Jesus said, what do you see? He said, well, I don't see very clearly, but I see. And Jesus touched him a second time, and the second time the man saw perfectly. Sometimes deliverance and healing comes to us in levels or in stages. And that's what this Greek text suggests. They made frequent visits to Jesus before they were finally and completely delivered from demon powers and from their physical maladies. And the use of this word therapeia tells us emphatically that sometimes it can take time before you receive your long-awaited objective. Wow. But because of Jesus' compassionate touch and Jesus' willingness to touch them again and again and again and again, they became the best ministry partners that could ever be. And my friend, there's no better ministry partner than somebody that's been touched by a ministry. And when you've been touched by a ministry, you have a God-given responsibility to help that ministry touch others' lives. And that's what these women understood. They were using their finances to minister to Jesus' ministry and make sure that it went to other people. And finally, when we come to Luke chapter 8, verse 2, he begins to name specifically some of these women. And he first mentions Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Her name was not Mary Magdalene. She was from a little town called Magdala. The Greek actually says Mary being called the Magdalene. She was from the city of Magdalene. That's what we call her Mary Magdalene. Now, many, many tales have been told about Mary Magdalene throughout history, including that she was a prostitute when she first met Jesus. But my friend, that is not recorded anywhere in the Bible. The only thing we know about Mary Magdalene for sure is that she was possessed with an entire infestation of demon spirits before Jesus touched her life. We read about it here in Luke chapter 8, verse 2. We can read about it in Mark chapter 16, verse 9. In both of these texts, the Bible says she had been delivered from seven demons. In fact, the verse says here, in Luke chapter 8, verse 2, out of whom went seven devils. This phrase, out of whom went, in Greek is the word ex, which means to make an exit. The word erkomai, which means to go. When you compound the two words together, it means to go out, to drive out, or even to expel 
or to escape. Jesus put so much pressure on these demon spirits saying to them, make an exit, make an exit. And because of the word therapeia, which is translated as the word healing, it means Jesus may have had to deal with these demon spirits repeatedly before she was finally set free. But finally, Jesus applied so much pressure on these demons that they fled. They escaped from the pressure that Jesus was applying to them. And the word devils is the Greek word daimonion, and it may give us insight into Mary called Magdalene's condition. This word daimonion describes evil spirits, devils, demons. Wow. In the ancient world, they believed it was the primary cause of disasters and suffering. It could depict a person who was deemed insane, those who had spirit-inflicted mental or physical infirmities. She may have been dealing with problems in her body. She may have been dealing with problems in her mind. But this word, ex ercomai, which here is translated out of whom went, implies Jesus literally drove those demon spirits out of her until they escaped in terror. And she was free, totally free. Now, what's amazing is the New Testament does not give us a single record of that deliverance. You can't find it anywhere. We're just told in Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 16 that she was delivered of seven demons. But she was so life-changed after this that she was there at the tomb. She was at the crucifixion. She was there when they prepared Jesus' body for burial. She followed him and followed him throughout his ministry and was a faithful disciple after his ministry. She was there on the day of Pentecost. Her life had been totally transformed by the compassionate touch of Jesus and because she had goods, she had resources, she was a wealthy woman. She saw it as her God-given responsibility to partner with Jesus and work with God and use her money to make sure the ministry of Jesus would go to others. That is amazing. But then in Luke chapter 8, verse 3, it mentions another woman, a woman by the name of Joanna. The Bible says she was the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward. This word steward signifies a person that's been entrusted with a guardianship or supervision of another person's wealth and belongings. This was no low-level servant. This was a high-level administrator entrusted with all the belongings, all the wealth of Herod. He was Herod's bookkeeper and administrator. And because of his lofty position, this Cusa had the opportunity to make a lot of money himself. And of course, those resources were available to his wife. And she used those resources to partner with Jesus and work with God. And there are scholars who believe that Cusa was the nobleman that is referred to in John chapter 4, verses 46 to 53, whose son was miraculously healed by Jesus. And if that is true, then you can imagine the gratitude that was in the heart of his wife, whose name was Joanna. Jesus had delivered her son from death, and she was to so touched by what Jesus had done for her son and for her family that she used her personal resources to advance the ministry of Jesus. That is amazing. Then in Luke chapter 8, and verse 3, it mentions somebody else, another woman. 
It says Susanna and many others. Now that is amazing because that is the only reference to Susanna in the entire New Testament. We don't know anything else about her except that she ministered to Jesus with her money. She partnered with Jesus and she worked with God to advance the ministry of Jesus. But she was another wealthy woman who used her personal resources to support Jesus' ministry. But wait, it also says many others. And I really like this. Many other ones is what the Greek says. So in addition to the women that we know of, we've read about Mary Magdalene. We've read about Joanna. Now we've read about Susanna. These are women we know of by name. But then Luke writes, there were many others whose names we do not know, but these also were givers who considered it their responsibility they saw it as their service, their assignment to make sure the needs of Jesus' growing ministry was met. And while we rightly view on the ministry, focus on the ministry of Jesus and all the marvelous things that Jesus did, let me give you a thought. Today, these women are in heaven rejoicing because they supported the ministry of Jesus with their finances. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, and all the others who gave of their substance so that those life-changing meetings could take place are in heaven and they are seen with their own eyes and they are experiencing the fruit of their reward. They see it. My friends, that's what happens when you partner with Jesus and work with God. And in heaven, they're sharing in the rewards for Jesus' ministry. That is amazing, including the many others whose names do not appear in the Bible. Their name may never be on a bronze, bronze plaque on the side of a building, but God knows their names. Those many others are just as significant of those whose names that we know because their finances advanced the ministry of Jesus. And my friends, if you're a partner with our ministry or any ministry, I want you to know that your name may not be publicly known, but God puts you in the category of many others. He knows who you are and you share in the rewards of the ministry. That's what happens when you partner with Jesus and when you work with God. These women, listen, they are accredited with healings. These women are accredited with deliverances. These women are accredited with salvations and many others also who gave of what they had out of their substance to make it all happen they partnered with Jesus and they worked with God. Wow. They had a front row seat to see it all. And today they're standing in their eternal reward. That's what happens when you partner with Jesus and when you work with God. I'll be back in just a moment and I want to pray for you. How can you partner with Jesus and work with God to help advance the gospel and get supernatural results in your life? Is there a practical way you can really partner with Jesus and work with God? In this five-part series, Partnering with Jesus and Working with God, Rick Renner opens the scriptures to show us practical ways and biblical examples of how to partner with Jesus and work with God to advance the gospel and see supernatural results in your life. All it takes is a right decision to open the door for the supernatural. In this series, Rick covers biblical examples of a decision to partner with Jesus from the very beginning, a decision by a small boy to partner with Jesus, 
a decision to partner with Jesus that brought dramatic results, a decision by women to partner with Jesus' ministry, a decision to partner with Jesus to the end. This powerful series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. In these books, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God in an easy-to-read devotional format. Each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies. Order Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer of the series Partnering with Jesus and Working with God and the book Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. This week, we've been talking about partnering with Jesus and working with God. On Monday, we saw how the Magi partnered with Jesus when he was a toddler. Then on Tuesday, we saw about the little boy who brought his five crackers and his two minnows. And once he put them into the hands of Jesus, they became something miraculous. Then we saw about Peter who gave his boat for Jesus to use. And when he partnered with Jesus and worked with God, he ended up having a huge haul, a supernatural catch of fish. Then we saw today about these women in Luke chapter 8 who partnered with Jesus and worked with God by giving their finances. And today they're standing in their eternal reward, credited for all those miracles and supernatural happenings. That's what happens when you partner with Jesus and work with God. And my friends, you need to hear this series and hear it. Partnering with Jesus and working with God, it comes in five parts and it comes with a wonderful study guide. Get this teaching down deep inside you. There's nothing more thrilling 
than to partner with Jesus and work with God. And right now, we're also offering you my daily devotional, Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volume 1 and Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volume 2. If you don't have yours yet, why not? You need to have these. You will use these and use these. You will keep them right by your Bible. And you don't have to start with both. Just order whichever one you want. It doesn't really matter which one you begin with. It's a daily devotional that will walk you through the New Testament. And let us know how to pray for you. But Father, thank you so much for the privilege that we can partner with Jesus and work with you And Lord, that you open the windows of heaven and pour blessings back into our lives. Lord, we want to have a front row seat to view the power of God. And that's what happens when we partner with Jesus and work with you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.